Oh, maybe this good. You got some money tables popping. Oh man, <laughs> we gotta get happy every day. Hundred percent. Someone said Lewis, my guy. Shout out to Star. Uh, we're going to get our topics in today. So this is Motivation Monday, a platform where we educate people on understanding self, purpose, passion, and finances. So we'll get into those four pillars, and then we'll have a, uh, a great conversation. Someone said, it's Wallace. Yeah, coming like I'm him really happy. Trust me. <laughs> you saw that, right, Brad? But as we get everybody here, do me a favor. Send this out to five people. Everybody send this out to five people right now. We want to get as much people in here for a great conversation. Top of the morning, top of the week. You know, usually people say, thank God it's Friday. And don't like Mondays, but we're switching that around. Because I feel like if you can get the right information, the great words or great um, affirmations like we do. Or the knowledge that you need to prepare yourself to have a great week. Then everything, you know, everything can, can get your day and your week going strong. And you know what they say, Lex, well, hold on. They say, um, you know, in order for you to have a a great life, a great tomorrow starts with today. 100%. So 100%. it's what you put in. Um, Brad's not involved. All right, we're going to get our topics. Wavy's going to put our topics in the chat, and then uh, we'll we'll put, we'll put pin it and get right into it. But how was your weekend overall? Uh, weekend was amazing. It was, it was a good weekend, you know, just... Uh Celebrating life, man. Just being around and enjoying the day and being around with people. So it was cool. It was cool. I had some opportunity to shoot. Um, just be on good vibes. Yes, we're going to talk about that too. Mens and memories. But introduce yourself to the people. Um, your live left us as well too. We'll probably just... Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. Yeah, we're trying to get him going, but we'll, we'll try it again one more time. But um, talk about mens and memories. Yeah, mens and memories. Actually, before um, we get to that, talk about... Introduce yourself, like give them a little bio of who I am, and then um, we'll get right there. Oh, so I'm Lewis, Lewis Mensa, Lewis K Mensa. Don't forget the K. Uh, you know, I'm from Toronto, born and raised. Um, you know, just a little bit about myself. I, I, I'm an athlete. I'm a creative. I'm, I'm a man of many hats. Uh, definitely enjoy being a man of many hats. And honestly, just I'm just a person that loves life. Like I love to just be able to move and uh, to give a background, kind of what background where I came from, how we got here, what we want to do. Yeah, yeah, no. So uh, just quick background, like I said, I'm from Toronto, um, and you know, like anybody that's probably watching this live, you, you're growing up trying to figure out what you're gonna do and you know get to the next level because everyone wants to be rich and successful and happy and all that amazing stuff. And quite frankly, it was the same thing. You know, if you knew me from when I was young, and I was telling someone this the other day, depending on where you met me and how you know me, you describe me as a different person. So some people will see me and be like, oh yeah, I know Lewis, the, the track star. Like, <laughs> I know Lewis, the dancer. I know Lewis, the, the Mental Memories video guy. I know Lewis, the football player. I know Lewis, the Forex guy. Like, it just depends where you met me. So, you know, as you can see, I've had many different, I've lived many different lives. Um, and, you know, growing up, it changed due to things that happened to me in my life. Um, initially, I started off running track. I was a sprinter and I got love for track. I never, that's my first love. I was ranked, you know, in the world, in the country. It was, you know, it was dope. And um, had an injury, got hit by a car, fractured my ribs. Had a, you know, transition from track and field over to football. Started playing football, but I, while I was doing track and playing football, I was dancing. Um, if you guys were in the dancing era, Rated Inc., the legendary Rated Inc., uh, we performed for so Rated Vibes. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm saying Lewis is a go. Good morning, Mom. So, so we uh, performed for, you know, many shows. And at that time, the city was hot. So when it came to dancing, you know, a lot of people don't know that dancing originally, not originally, but Toronto was like a, a, a hotbed for dancers, like Rihanna Music Videos, Sean Paul, um, you name it. 
beating my all those artists. Um, so danced, uh, started playing football, ended up going to California. We could dive into it deeper, but ended up going to California. Uh, ended up going to go play Division One, Division Two, playing in a playing pro football. Um, and then you know you already know this, but I had a, an injury, an unfortunate injury that caused me to switch and um, get into you know video production. Started doing video production. And of course, you guys, my dog, put me on. Um, started shooting for you, and man, it's just it's been up from there. Been able to travel, see so many different places, be around so much different people. Got into the financial space, trading the foreign exchange market. Uh, met so many people there. Kind of got me more to understand more about the financial aspect of things and creating my own income for myself and learning a skill set um, while I still do the video stuff. So, and a lot of guys know I work out, so I do I do a lot of things. You listen to the man that wears a lot of hats. Yes. Very talented. Yes. Um, let's get into the dancing days. What was that like? Um, what was the traveling like? How do you feel like that era made you who you are? And what did you learn from that? Being in a like group environment, having to learn. I, trust me, I still can't. He knows. I'm with him all the time. Sometimes I'd be at weddings. I'm like, bro, teach me this quick. Let me get the people going. <laughs> but how was that? Honestly... Before I even jump to that, this conversation has been long overdue. I feel like a lot of people haven't, like, they see us together, but they don't really understand everything, right? But uh, to dive into the dancing part before we dance and dive into everything else, um, dancing was, was dope, man. Uh, honestly, how I got into dancing is when I was young, I was like 12. And a lot of you guys might know Roach. was dope, man. Uh, honestly. Um, and Roach was, he was a. He was a man of many hats himself, right? And from him, you know, one day I was at home, my older brother's like, he's going to a dance competition. And I'm like, dance competition? You know, and this is when, you know, you're young, you've grown up in the hood, so you, you look at, like, the, the gangsters and stuff, like, that's, like, oh, that's so cool. Like, they get all the money and stuff. So when I heard Roach a dancer, I'm like, a dancer? So my brother's like, yeah, he's going to a dance competition. I said, I'm coming. So I went with him. And when I got there, there was so much people. There was a whole bunch of girls screaming, going crazy, and I'm like, what is this? I was so confused. It was at, it was at Basil, St. Basil's, the one off Western Road. And then, like, you know, everyone's going crazy, and then there was, there was Dancehall King, I believe. And then Roach came on stage, and I'm, in my head, I'm like, what's this guy doing? Like, you know? So he comes on stage, and everyone's going crazy. And then I seen him dance, I'm like, yo, this guy's sick. And then all the like attention he was getting, it was just, it was so cool to me. I was 12. Like, I was so, like, I was so flabbergasted. So from there, after like I left, I was so inspired to dance. <laughs> so I went home and I'm in the mirror trying like, how oh, do we learn how to pop and dance? And then I figured out where they practiced and I've known Roach for many years, so I hopped on the bus and I went down to um, Northwoods while they're practicing and I was like, yo Roach, I, I need to join your dance room. And he's like, man, like, and I was big at that time still, like I was bigger than everybody else. I ran track, I was still lifting weights and stuff. And all the other guys are in the dance group were around the same age, but they're smaller. And then Roach is like, yeah, like, well, you know, you're bigger than everyone. It's going to look a little off and so on and so forth. So I just kept working, kept practicing. And then eventually, like, you know, he created another dance group, um, which then became, you know, Rated X for a lot of you guys that do know or don't know. And we started, you know, performing and dancing. And honestly, that era was just, it was different. You know, we went to a sports weekend, you know, went to Farm McMaster. It was just, we performed on TV, MTV. Um, it was a different era. It's hard to explain. You had to be a part of the era to really understand it. And a lot of people that were a part of the era is like, man, we miss this era. Like, they went and won spring bling in the, in the U.S. You used right? to see Wavy, Talisa, are you guys around for Wavy, that era? Wavy, you guys, you guys are Wavy, 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 there? Okay, Talisa's there. So it was, uh, it, was, it was a good era, man. Um, I feel like that kind of 
built my name because a lot of people know I did sports, but when it came to like dancing, I was on stage a lot and being around a lot of people, and that kind of exposed me to being around just different people, different types of people. And those guys were my brotherhood, man. I was with those guys every single day. People don't realize how much we practice. Like we'd leave from school and practice literally almost all night. I'd get back home at like 12, 1 in the morning. But like it, it, it's a testament to why we were so good, right? When it comes to when it comes to doing something to be the best, they say we need 10,000 hours. Hmm. I think we put in way more than that, right? And we had, at the time, a good leader uh, who just kind of been in the air for a long time. And honestly, it, was, it flourished. It was, it was dope. I loved every second of it. And it gave me experiences that I feel like I wouldn't have had if um, I wasn't a part of Reagan Inc. or you know, the dancing era. Crazy. Now, I want to get into the part that you talked about, the inspiration, when you saw Roach doing that. Was there a conversation? Because I think sometimes, I, I feel like a lot of people inspire people, but they're scared to let people know. Mm. Was it something that you let him know right away? Was it uh, later on as you, like, you know, did you want to just get in first before you let him know or gave him his flowers? Honestly, I, I didn't tell him right away. I, I feel like a lot of us, find inspiration from people and we don't have the opportunity to tell them. Like, I looked up to Roach and my older brother. Like, those guys are so cool to me. Like, I was like, man, I'm trying to be just like these guys, right? They're so cool to me. So when um, when I seen it, I think it's just the environment I was in. It was such a live environment. So I was, I was really excited. I'm like, yo, I, I know Roach when I was a, like a little kid, three, four years old. And I'm like, wow, he's doing this? So that inspired me, and I don't think I ever told him until like later on in life. I'm like, bro, it's because of you that I started dancing. Like I seen it, and, I, and the environment, it was just like, just good energy. I'm a person that loves good energy, good vibes, and you know that's that's how I got into it. And I told him later on in life, like, yo, you're the one who inspired me to, to start dancing, and I wanted to get better because I wanted to be the person on the team that was like, when it came to a certain style of dancing, because I did a lot of like the pop and lock and hip hop, case may be. I wanted people to be like, yo, in the group, the best is Lewis, man. Lewis is the guy. So that was, that was kind of the, where the inspiration came from, seeing him. And I, I told him eventually, like, yo, you're the reason why I started dancing, for real. That's <laughs> why so I got into it and all the perks that came with it. Dope. I, I missed that era, so all I could do is hear about it and, um, you know, watch the YouTube videos. But clearly you did your thing because I'd be with you and people be like, yo, rated vibes. <laughs> Prems would be like, nah, you think I'm a legend? This guy's a legend. So it's good to see. Now let's get into the phase of you becoming an athlete on the track and field. Mm. You know, you ran with some of the great Canadian legends. Mm. Andre DeGrasse Olympics is going on right now as well too. Um, shout out Team Canada doing their thing. But what was that experience like competing and, you know, representing Ontario, Canada, your school? You know, you're, I go to your room and you got medals on medals on medals on. Like, <laughs> you, you done your thing. What was that like? Um... Track and field, like that, that was my first love. Like I ran track since I was like six years old. Um, actually, how I got into running track kind of professionally, if you want to call it that, me and my friend Aubrey, I was like, you know, I really want to run track. Me and my friend Aubrey, we jumped on the transit and took the transit almost two hours away from my house to a track just to try to find, you know, a track coach. And we found the one track coach. I was like, yeah, I want to run track. And the coach was like, okay. Like, kind of looking around, like, where are our parents? Because we were little mm-hmm, kids, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from there, you know, he's like, okay, cool. I can train you. Come back these days. Started training. Um, you know, did really well. Started running track at, you know, my elementary school. I was running around the playground, actually. And one of my teachers, Miss Gulo, Miss um, Mary Gulo. Give me, give me a second, Wavy. I think we got a, your, your, this phone just locked up. 
It might be the, the service in here. Cause it looks like yeah, I think so too. They did the same thing. I think this one is live. But we're, we're live on YouTube. I want to remind everybody at the same time to uh, join us on YouTube if they're not as well. Because I know this part, so that means this one is. Yeah, it looks like mine's tapped out as well. But shout, we have people on YouTube as well too. Um, so shout out to you. Good morning. I see you guys in the chat. Mom said, uh, good morning, Eben and Lewis. Good morning to you, too. We're just making sure we get the social media aspect, the live. Yeah, they're live. It looks like a pause. I just uh, requested from the end. Yeah, they're live ended. But we'll get into it. Once I get that that uh, live back, I'll, I'll send everybody to the YouTube so that we have no problems. Mention some memories, rated vibes. I, I pray and I hope we'll be able to relive that moment so I don't miss it out. Because it seems like nothing I've never been a part of, the way you guys talk about it, the way you guys... It was a different era. <laughs> like, when I say different era, it was, it was, everything was good vibes. Before all the, you know, unfortunate shootings and, you know, all that stuff happened, it was, you know, an amazing, amazing thing. Like, I, I loved every second of dancing, I'm not gonna lie. You know, it was so hard for me to get rid of, not get rid of, but it was so hard for me to leave you know, the dancing era, and, you know, just only do track and field or only do football. Those times I went over to Roach, I was like, hey, like, you know, I'm, I'm gonna sit out, I'm not gonna dance no more, um, you know, because I wanna focus on track and field. Mm -hmm. and he's like, yeah, cool, that's, that's fine. And I always found myself going back to, uh, to dancing. So it was just one of those things, like, I just, what was the hardest part of, of being a dancer? Like, what would you say was the hardest part? Man, <laughs> can I be honest? Yeah, yeah. Man, we was dancing and, and, and winning these competitions, but the hardest thing was broke. Man, like, we were broke little kids just, just chasing a dream. I'm being honest. We were broke. Like, I, like, I look back, I'm like, damn, like, we were splitting bus tickets, trying to figure out how to get these dance competitions, and we were winning these competitions, but there was like eight of us, nine of us. Like, you know, like, there was a core seven, but um, that was like the biggest thing. It was like a lot of guys that ended up like stopped dancing were like, yo guys, I can't keep dancing like and not making no money. So I gotta, I gotta go get a job. So a lot of people were like, they quit and went to go get a job or unfortunately people got into you know the streets or just life kind of got them. Mm -hmm. But um, in, in this case, oh, okay, I got you over here. On this one? Yeah, I got you on this one. Okay. Cause it, but um, in, the, in the whole dancing, in the dancing area, what kind of got me was honestly, just yeah, the, the, the money and just, I was doing a lot of things. So for me, I was trying to, I was trying to figure out what I really wanted to do, right? Cause you can do multiple things, but what you focus on grows. And dancing was dope and all, but it was like, how far can we really take it? See, now that YouTube's so big and people are utilizing YouTube for, you know, podcasts, videos, vlogs, all that amazing stuff, we didn't really understand how to, use YouTube. And I feel like if we did, we understood that platform, like we could have created a business from this. A lot of people now like Jabberwockies, you know how much money they make off of YouTube from subscribers and so on and so forth? We didn't really understand the platform, right? So um, ideally, that was a thing that kind of got me about dancing, um, that kind of made me walk away from dancing, you want to call it that? Um, what kept me there was the brotherhood being around those guys 24 seven, I was like, those were my friends. Like those were my core group of friends. Like I'd leave school and head over there, right? So 
that was like the biggest thing for me. Um, Just yeah. click the, the requesting for me. I sent it to you, but I think because you have two phones. But I think building a brotherhood, especially from early, it makes you understand. You learn about people, how to deal with people. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of ups and downs. There's probably situations that you're in that you had to like contain yourself because you have to perform mm-hmm. with in front of people. Yeah. So you could have an issue behind the scenes, but when it comes to getting on the stage, like can you remember a time like that? Oh yeah, we're in a, <laughs> we're in Windsor. Like my, my guy Jizzy Jeremiah, we were in uh, Windsor and we got a big. Me and him were always knocking heads. I don't know why, but we got into a, a big argument. Uh, we're knocking heads right before we got on stage. Like literally before we got on stage, like, we probably almost got into a fight. And, and Roach had to like separate us. And from there, like you know, just kind of getting refocused, knowing that we have to go on stage and perform because it's a competition that we're trying to. You know, really kill it, and um, from there is where we jumped on stage, and it's like after you go through that adrenaline rush, it's as if like nothing else matters. Hmm. <laughs> like you know, you go on stage and the girls are screaming names. They say, oh, "Coming up next, rated X," it's like, <laughs> and like you know, you have the people in the crowd that are fans. Like we were literally local celebrities, like legit local celebrities. I remember when me and uh, Chinese got on the transit one time. We're going to practice, and he was talking to a girl, and she's like, "I know you are. You're you're, you're rated Chinese." And I'm laughing like, "Wow, like you famous. Like the girl knows you." And she's like, "Don't try that. I know you're rated vibes too." And I'm like, Ooh. "Like you know." So, us getting into arguments is we're brothers. It happens, and it's just kind of like I look at it as like sports. Like when you're on the field, you're you're together. We're going to one common goal. When we got on that stage, it was like we're gonna go shut it down and make sure people remember the name. Remember it, right? I read that, and um, maybe we can if we can put the topics one more time as everyone's joining. Uh, good morning, everybody. But um, and that's what I love about our platform. We talk about passion, and when you're passionate for something, things are gonna come. Like you know, it could the the pathway to success is never easy. Mm-hmm. You know, now you dibble dabbling with not dibble dabbling, but dancing and track and field. What made you like? Kick back to track and field and realize I had to get back to dancing because you love like because I know there's a lot of people out there that probably for instance females they love to do hair they love to do lashes and they're trying to contemplate it. which one should I focus on because there's something you said earlier about when you you know what you focus on grows and sometimes people have a hard time what do I choose we still have a hard time 100%. there's no right answer but how do you feel like that has helped you to become the person the entrepreneur that you are now I feel like in Every aspect of my life of where I've um, yeah, I've been in um, has helped me as become a well-rounded individual, right? With dancing, it's just under musicality, understanding music, understanding moving the music, how people listen to music, and like that helped with. Let's just say I'm, I'm a deviate away from track and field uh, with my video editing. I'm that much more um, invested into the videos I shoot because the music that I use, and and because I'm so like. I understand music, the beats, and so on and so forth. It just makes my videos get to that next level. Mm, I never looked at it like that. Yeah, it's like, crazy. You know, if you realize, but I edit to the music. So I might go to an event and shoot a bunch of clips, like they're just random clips. But once I get the music, it just it just changes for me. 
but that came from dancing. Like, if you ever catch me editing, you probably see me. I'd be like rocking, like, oh, this is sick. Like, meanwhile, like, you're like, why? That was me on the mic. This guy's cat, holy. But, uh, <laughs> so I'd be like so engaged with, um, you know, the music and, and editing. And it's, it's helped me in all aspects of my life. Now, track and field, you know, like I said, my first love. Like, I, I'm an athlete. I'm an athlete, I love everything about it, and I try to leave dancing, uh, but track and field is an individual sport, and I miss the brotherhood. So I, it, was, it felt like something was missing in my life. I was like, damn, like I'm only going to practice and then going home. Usually I go to track practice and I walk to the other side of York University and I'm at dance practice, hmm. and then I go home, right? And it was like, I just finished track and go home, and it just felt something was missing. I'm like, damn, I don't really, I don't hang out with a lot of people. I know a lot of people, but I don't hang with a lot of people. So those were my core group of friends. And because I stopped dancing, it's like I lost my core group of friends. So I got back to dancing. I'm like, okay, something's missing. And, and of course we say like, what well, you focus on grows. And a lot of people are like, that. well, I can multitask. Let's, let's be honest, multitasking is you're not giving one thing 100% of your energy. That's just what it is. As much as you can try and you want to do it, it's not happening, right? But still, regardless of the fact, I still felt like I could do both and I did it. I danced, got to a very high level. I feel like we could have gotten so much further if we understood dancing and not just made it about just dancing, but we created a business from it. Because we, we were teaching dance classes to kids. We, we manifesto, the very first manifesto, 106 in York. We ran it off of 106 in Park. We're like, let's make a let's make a festival that's gonna, you know, give room for artists and you know people locally in the city, dancers, painters, singers, rappers, whatever the case may be. And that's how we came together with the whole manifesto. And, and that's kind of where that whole thing started. And now when I sit back, I think we had a conversation back. I'm like, look how big manifesto is. We just didn't see the vision. So let me ask you too, if there's anyone out there that may be invested into something that they love, that they're passionate about. And for them to not stray into what you're saying, like, I don't want anybody who's in this live to feel like years ago, oh, I missed on an opportunity, or if we had known better, or if we did our research, what advice would you give them to make sure they make the most of whatever situation that they're in? Just just keep going. You know what I'm saying? Like I said about 10,000 hours. We put in so much work, right? You're only gonna know what you know unless you do more research. We didn't know much. We're just young kids trying to get it. We're just trying to create a name for ourselves and, and get there. And a lot of people right now are in a space where, you know, social media is so big. So we, we allow that to kind of control our mind, likes and views and so on and so forth. If you keep doing what you're doing right now, don't deviate, continue to go. Whatever your goal is, whatever your vision is, you'll get to it. It just takes time. Like, it's, it's funny, I look back now and when I stare at the medals on my wall or the accolades or hear people talk and I'm like, when I was in the process, I didn't understand the process. I was just in the process. It was not one of those things that I knew where I was really going. It was just like, we just doing this. Wherever it takes us, it takes us. But now looking back at it, when I wanted to start something new, I was like, damn, all that work I put in when I was dancing, I'm gonna have to put in all that work again to get where I need to get to with this. And that kind of scares people, but it shouldn't. Enjoy the process. Yep. That, that creates that lifestyle that you want to live, right? Don't fall in, life with, in love with the lifestyle. Fall in love with what creates the lifestyle because when you fall in love with that, it makes the process so much more easier. So for me, like, or to tell somebody out there that's listening right now, whatever you're doing right now, don't let nobody deviate from it or allow you to deviate from it. For example, me trading in the markets Forex. We all know Forex has a horrible name. Why? Because we have these companies that came in, MLM companies, that made people feel like it was a pyramid scheme. 
right? Make people feel like, oh, in order for you to make my, come join my team, come join my team, right? And when I first got involved, I didn't understand it. See, that's the problem. We get into things and not really understand things. We see something that, that catches our eye, kind of that, that shiny, shiny object syndrome. We're like, oh my God, okay, cool, I can make money. Oh my God, I can, I'm gonna do this. Oh my God, it's easy, we want things that are easy. Whatever you want is never gonna be easy. Hmm. If it's easy, it's not gonna last long. Trust me. Not gonna last long at all. I literally today I, I weighed myself and I'm, I started at the gym at 189. I'm at 175. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I still have more work to do. This is crazy. Then I watched uh, Iman Shumpert. Um, is that his name? Um, Iman Shumpert? My, yeah, the, what's his girl's name? Yeah, Tiana Taylor. Tiana Taylor. <laughs> that's who we remember. It's sad, but you know? But um, crazy buddy, you know, like that's what we remember, the dancing, all that. But um, he was talking about it. He's like, yo. 21 years of consistently training to become an athlete. People don't see those hours. They don't see the repetition. 21 years dreaming about something. So, you know, some people want the success, but they don't understand that everyone's path is different. And I think, I think that's what's killing our society right now. People are too focused on other people's success and what they're doing and achieving in social media that it's easy to feel like, what am I doing? Where's my stuff like you know what it is people are falling in love with the end product Mm. you know when you go to a restaurant you love the food but if you seen what it had to go through to get to you would you still love the food you get what I'm saying like people don't understand that like you're seeing the end product like we see LeBron James like oh my god he's amazing Michael Jordan oh my god he's amazing but do you know the work that they put in together everyone has to put in the work everyone if it was easy like they say everybody be doing it Literally, I, like, when people seem like, oh, you're so fast. Did you see all the 300-meter runs I had to do, all the throwing up on the floor, lactic acid, you know, all the workouts I had to go through, the, the bus fares spent, the time spent not away from friends, away from family, the traveling. You don't see that stuff. You know, you're such a good dancer. Did you see how much time I stood in the mirror when I wasn't a good dancer to get better, watching YouTube videos, watching human and how to pop and this and that? You're so sick at editing. Did you see all the hours I sat down to watch the videos, to learn how to edit, and so on and so forth? Yo, you're so amazing at football. You know what's crazy with football? I'm telling you the story. And before you even get into that, shout out to everybody on our live. I see everyone getting to the YouTube, so I encourage everybody right now. Um, we got our Detroit family in the building. Shout out Asante. Everyone, if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, make sure you do so. Motivation Mondays live, so you can see everything. Shout out to Kisa. Um, Kiba, I see everybody typing in. There's a lot of people I'm missing out, but if I didn't shout you out, don't matter. Oh, I can't even look over here. But yes, head to our YouTube page. I want to make sure that we, you know, we, we, we don't leave them out. But yes. So, um, <laughs> excuse me. So, football. Um, you know, I was talking about hours that we put in. I don't think much people know that. I only played football for three years. <laughs> like, people play football their whole life when they're kids to grown adults or, or young, young whatever, adults and, and go pro. I did it in three years. And I feel like because I did all the stuff I did before, track and field, dancing and, and whatever it may be, I, I was able to make that journey of football shorter. So I doubled up on the process, if that makes sense. Like I put in more work knowing that I was behind. I was a step behind from everybody else. So for me, it's like, we had workouts Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we're off Thursday, we prep for games, then we play on Friday, Saturday, or travel Friday, play Saturday, and we'd be off on Sunday. Hmm. I wasn't off on Sunday. I wasn't good. See, how I even got to California, 
I was in Canada. I, was, I you know, I got hit by a bus, fractured my ribs when I, when I was um, running track. I was going to go get a haircut. Long story short, I. It's crazy that you say that now. And and shout out to Toronto Raptors' very own uh, Dubber Don that just uh, tuned in as well too. The neighborhood hero. We're talking about the process, and he was the first. Toronto kid to get drafted on the Toronto Raptors. His number is 45 for the Kipling bus. So thank you for showing love, my brother, always in your city. And he's putting in work right now all across different states. I see him putting work in Miami. But it's crazy how, as you talked about that, he just joined us. So shout out to him as well and the whole, you know, all, all our athletes putting in this work. But yeah, to, um, definitely want to shout them out because it's, it's not an easy feat. It's not easy to become an athlete. Like a lot of people think, like, oh, your life is easy. No, you don't see the 4 a.m. workouts, you know, 5, 6 a.m. film study, and, and, and then, the, you know, the workout after that and, and the taking care of your body and so on and so forth. But how I got into, into football, I was riding my bike to go get a haircut. I was still running track. I um, went between two cars, didn't see the bus coming. Boom, get hit by a bus, knocked out, woke up in the ambulance, um, ended up going home after that. And next morning I wake up and I have two things sticking out the side of my, my ribs. And I'm like, what's this? So I push it in like the most excruciating pain. <laughs> and I end up going to the hospital, I get an x-ray, I fracture two ribs, didn't even realize it. So that, that screwed me up for track. We had nationals, I you know, missed that, all that. Like no one no one knew that, like just like what happened to Lewis. And then from there, as I said, I was still dancing. I danced for a company called Megan Boys. And we used to dance at bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs. What did you do? Like, I did a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we danced at you know, bar mitzvahs and all that stuff. And Gian Megan and Paige Megan, they're really good guys, like really, really good guys, twin brothers. Uh, we danced there. They, they, you know, how they found us, they found us at York University. We used to practice at York University. They, one of the guys passed by and was like, yo, how would you guys like to dance at, you know, bar mitzvahs? And we're looking, I'm like, wait. Like, so we go to bar mitzvah and there's a bunch of Jewish people and it's just awkward, like four black guys and a bunch of Jewish people. We're so dancing with and so on and so forth. It, it, was, it was dope. But how I got into football is I was at one of these events and they were playing a Steelers game. Sorry, not Steelers game. It was Ohio State game. Uh, Ohio State was facing Michigan. And I was so engaged with the video. And after I guess Gian realized it, and he was just like, "Yo, what's going on with track?" And I'm like, "When I fracture my ribs, like I'm, you know, track's a lot of mental. I lost my races after that, and it just it screwed me up mentally. Uh, and we don't talk about mental health a lot as men, but we need to. But um, it screwed me up mentally as as a young athlete. And you know, from there." He said, yo, why don't you play football? You look like you're so, like, in engaged. And I'm like, man, I'm listening. Well, I didn't know the story. I didn't even know someone told you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, man, I don't got the money for it. Like, I'll be honest, like, it's like $600. Like, I don't got the money. And he's like, okay, so what if we pay for it for you? And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What if we pay for it for you? Like, would you do it? I'm like, why not? And then he's like, I just want you to be able to do something and not grow up in life and look back and be like, damn, like, what if, what if? That's the worst feeling. Is to have what if feelings, right? And I'm like, yo, if you got to do it, I'll do it. And now, because I knew someone invested in me, I didn't want to let them down. Whew. So it was it was not letting myself down. It was not letting him down. Because like, yo, you just put money in. You believed in me. And for him, it was just, I just want you to try. That's it. Once you try, then you haven't failed. You fail when you don't try. Whew. That's a big one. So from there, I was like, okay. I'm going to have to repeat that one again. That was, that, that's pretty, it's a big quote, brother. <laughs> it, it's, it's plain and simple, man. Once you, once you don't try, you fail, right? You, you don't fail because you tried. Because you tried, you won, right there and then. So from there, I was like, okay, cool. 
So I went to a field in Brampton, and it was, you know, it's weird. Every time I join a team, I just go to a field. But anyways, I went to the field in Brampton, and there was a coach here, Coach Holder. I didn't know he was a black gentleman. I was like, hey, I want to play football. And he's like, all right, man, come on on Monday. I'm like, all right, cool, I run track. He's like, oh, you're fast. <laughs> yeah, so he was, he was excited. He's like, oh, I have a fast black guy. So you can't teach speed. You know, like, you cannot teach speed. You either got it or you don't got it. got it you don't. So I ended up going and started playing football. I understood nothing. Like, the, the first time we're doing shirts and T-shirts and just kind of doing drills, and he's just like, all I want you to do, just run after the ball. I said, this is football? I said, chase the guy with the ball? That's easy. So I was catching guys like it was nothing. One day I come to practice and they finally get equipment. And it sounds like cars are crashing. Wah, wah, wah. He's like, Mensa, throw your helmet on. You're next. I said, excuse me? Can we play two-hand touch? Like, what is this? All the parents are laughing, whatever case may be. So he just kept, keeps throwing me in, throwing me in, throwing me in. I'm getting, I'm getting my behind handed to me. Being smacked left, right, and center. Um, you know, we go into games and he's just like, I'm like, what's he, he's calling out all these plays. I'm looking at him like this guy's speaking another language. <laughs> and he's like, he, he'll grab my face like Mensa, whoever has the ball, just tackle him. I'm like, oh, that's easy. So I was blitzing every single time. Um, eventually after the games, I was like, hey, um, I asked one of the coaches, I'm like, what connections you guys have to Division One schools? I, I always look for the highest level I can get to. Like, obviously, we want to go to NFL or so on and so forth, but what's the next level after this for me at Division One? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we got, you know, connections to like Pittsburgh. And the answer they gave me, not Coach Holder, but another coach, the answer they gave me, it didn't sound very like salty. Yeah, like, so I was just like, all right, y'all just doing this because it's like a fun thing for you. Like, I'm really trying to create a lifestyle for this. And that's the thing, you have to understand, that this, is this for fun for you, or are you really trying to take this to the highest level? A lot of people are doing stuff because it's either in the hype or it's fun. For me, I, I enjoyed it, it was fun, but it was like, when you turn your passion into a business, it doesn't feel like you're working, right? So for me, it was like, okay, perfect. So I started emailing schools. And I know there's a lot of athletes, your phone shut off, that aren't, that aren't doing that, right? I, I emailed over 150 plus schools over and over again. Hey, how's it going? My name is Louis Mensa. Like, I'm, I'm originally a track runner. Um, you know, I sent them my track numbers, my times, and I also sent them my, my videos, my highlight tapes. They weren't that sick, but it was, it was all right. You know, one thing I knew is that nobody could catch me. So they moved me to running back and handed me the ball. It was like playing tag. And when you grow up in the hood, play cops and robbers, like nobody can tag you or catch you. Oh, that, like that was what it was for me. It was, it was fun. I enjoyed it, but I wanted to get to the highest level. Passion to profit. I like how Kiba just said so, that. So from there, I started emailing these schools, and I don't know if you guys watch Netflix. Um, there's a school in East Mississippi. Um, they're on, um, it's called Last Chance U. And then there's a school in California. So I was talking to the school in Mississippi, and I didn't really understand too much. A lot of people tell us when we're younger, oh, if you go to the States, like if you're good, they're gonna take you. If you're good, they're gonna take you. They don't really care about your grades and stuff. That is the biggest lie. <laughs> like, I'm gonna tell you right now, it's the biggest lie. Education matters. You don't got the grades, you don't play. They're not spending thousands of dollars on you to come down to the US or down to wherever for you to not be able to play. Student athlete first. Exactly, so that's the point, student athlete. But a lot of people, they miss the student part, right? And in high school, I'm not gonna lie to you guys, I'm, I'm gonna be honest, I had a 1.8 GPA. I didn't graduate in four years. It took me six years to graduate high school. So it doesn't matter where you start, it's where you finish, because no one now would know that it took me six years to graduate high school. Monsignor Johnson, Went to Car for a bit, then I went to McGuigan, then I went to Ascension, then I went to um, Campion, and then I left Campion to an adult school, Archbishop Romeo up in Brampton. No one knows that. When I went to, so 
through the schools, and I'm kind of jumping around, but through the schools, they told me, hey, listen, there's a running back from Georgia that we're looking to sign. He said, he's supposed to drop down from D1. If he does not sign, we're going to take you. I said, perfect. The Monday came, no call. So I hit him up, and I found out that he ended up signing. So they told me, like, you can still come, just you'd have to pay out of pocket, and then, you know, come the next season, or, you know, spring, we'll look to put you on a scholarship. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I started sitting there, I'm like, Mississippi, California. Mississippi, California. Oh, SSI, SSI, PPI. Like, nope. <laughs> no way. But in California. But now going to California, I'd have to pay out of pocket. I didn't get a scholarship to go to California. So I was like, damn, how am I going to do this? Now I'm talking to Keystone, David Keystone. He worked with Megan Boys, good friend of mine. Um, he was like, yo, Mensa, I really want you. These guys, honestly, that, that company, Megan Boys, they changed my life. They put money in my account. I won't say the amount. <laughs> it was a lot of money. In my account in order for me to show Homeland Security that I had the funds in order to go to school. Like, my parents, they work hard, but they didn't have the money to pay out of pocket USD, almost 30 grand. They didn't have it, right? I ended up taking OSAP the first uh, year, and I, and I got there, and in my head, I thought to myself, okay, I'm paying for school now, so I can't mess around, I can't play around. So from there, I then um, took school seriously. Hmm. Ended up having a 4.0 GPA, five theta kappa, honor roll. I did so. It was like I was winning awards and scholarships, and I didn't have to then use OSAT the next year. And then the second season, because I put in so much work, I got to a level where I was now starting on the team. Sick. And schools are now coming in to watch us play. You know, we got USC, we had Arizona, we had like just you just named them. They were there. Ended up. Collecting so much uh, scholarship offers or you know interest from schools, I was supposed to go to USC. And, and to cut a story short, I ended up leaving to go to NC State, having to leave there and go down to uh, go down to Division Two, play there. And, and this is on the span of three years, mind you. People play their whole life. I did this in three years. It's all about dedication and where you want to go, where you want to get to. And, and I, I hear you guys talk about vision boards, right? On, on your eyes, eyes a lot. And I'm not against vision boards, but um, I, I believe in vision environments. And then what I mean by vision environments is creating an environment where you see your vision all the time. How do you get to something if you only see it once when you wake up and you don't see it again until you go back to sleep? You don't know where you're going. A lot of people don't know where they're going in the city. What do they use? GPS. You don't just drive. You, you glance at the GPS or it's telling you where to go. That's so how are steps. you telling yourself where to go for your future to gain what you want to get, but you only see it one time? You've never been there. You only see it one time. So a vision environment is placing your goals everywhere you go. Pictures. Your, your mind sees in pictures, not really a of words, pictures. You want to see it over and over again. So that's what I had all over my room when I lived in California. I had, you know, Division One schools all over the place. I had, you know, workout pictures. <laughs> like, all of it was, it was weird. My roommates thought it was weird, but the only person from my team that went pro was me. And I would probably be the last person you would have thought went pro. I was getting, they were calling me the Canadian speed bump. <laughs> I got run over the first time I got over there. Like, oh, this is what Canada has to offer. And I felt like I had, I was holding Canada on my back. Be like an idiot. I had on my, my back plate. I, you know, pasted a candle flag. So, like, it just, I had Canada on my back for real. End up going pro. Now, this is where, like, me and you started hanging out a whole lot more. And this is kind of where my life changed. And from there, I went to Ottawa. 
You know, I didn't get drafted, but I got signed after the draft to Ottawa. Talk about, because I was there with you. Talk about not, because we had a draft party. Mm. You didn't get drafted. Mm. Um, what was that experience like, and why did you not let it hold you back from still achieving your dream? Because a lot of people, like, they don't understand that the path to success, I said it earlier, it's not straight. Mm-hmm. There's bumps, there's bruises, there's speed bumps. Mm-hmm. Things are not going to happen your way. But how do you bounce back? You fall, but you get back up. So talk about that. So um, the draft, you know, like I... I was and, and sorry, guys. Bro, I was with you at the at your, uh, U of T, yeah, 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 yeah. at the Combine. Yeah. With how many players? 300 people. 300 players. And I think they only picked three? Three, yeah. And you were part of that three? Part of the three. Yeah. All right, let's go. Let's go. Out, man. So basically, um, when I was in the U.S. and I was, I was leaving, I had to leave because um, NCAA told me that I, would, I didn't have no more years to play. They thought I played semi-pro. And in semi-pro in the U.S., you get paid for it. And in the NCAA, if you get paid, you're, you, you're nullified. You're no longer an athlete. You can't get a scholarship. You can't be part of you know, NCAA. So... Uh, these kids are lucky now. They're, they're lucky right now. They're so lucky. I was trying to, you know, explain to them, and they didn't understand it. So I ended up like, you know what, screw it. I'm going to go and you work out and just prepare for the draft. They thought I was American. They didn't know I was Canadian because I was, I was not on the radar at all. Like, I started playing football so late. So I had to send in my passport, birth certificate, a whole bunch of stuff. Um, my agent, Fred, shout out to Fred Ryan Roach. Um, Roach? Wine Roach's last name. Wow, yeah, he wrote you. He's got Roach's out of it. crazy, like. <laughs> but um, so ended up um, coming and training for the draft, and then I got invited to. My agent was able to get me invited to the combine. It was an open combine in Toronto for all athletes. I wanted to try to get into the actual national combine. Honestly, going into it, I, I always believe that I'm the best. That that's one thing. It's not. I'm not cocky. I'm convinced. Everything I touch turns to gold. That's just my that's my process, my thought process. I look at all the guys around me. I'm like, damn, they might be better than me, but God loves me different. I don't know. Like that's what I, that's the way I look at it. My cousin always tells me, like, yo, God loves you. Always Understanding loves you self, you gotta. You God gotta... loves you different. So not to say God doesn't love everybody else, but I just how I feel, right? So, so um, ended up going to this combine, and you came with me. Actually, no, I went down with um, one of my other friends, but you ended up coming down, and. You know, I went, I did all the testing and stuff, and my, my weight stuff was not that great. My vertical was cool, my broad jump was all right. It was not nothing great. And then I got to the track part, and Coach Holder came back down. He's like, he's like, I'm like, yo, I'm not having a great combine. And he's like, yo, you know who you are. There's no way that's like you. And that just kind of just changed the gear for me. And then my mom, they'd never seen me play football before. They came, my sister, she brought a kid. And it was just like, all right, I have people that care about me watching. I can't let them down. That's what motivates me. You know what I'm saying? So once I come, I ran my 40. It wasn't great. And I'm like, what's going on? Like my sister even said, Lewis, what's going on? You're fast. Like, why are you not running fast? What's going on? And in my head, I'm like, yo, I cannot. So that got me so like fired up. Then went into the drills. And I just I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a perfectionist when it comes to things. I want things to be like, I'm, I'm very meticulous about the things that I do. So when I was back pulling, like when they broke me, when they took go out, boom, I was doing everything amazing. The coach would come to me like, yo, you're an exciting player to watch. So I was kind of on everybody's radar. And then we went into the one-on-one drills. And, you know, I think I have this on my YouTube, but all that anger built up inside me about, like, I'm too good for you guys not to notice me. Because I believe in me. Like, you got, if you don't believe in yourself, you're not getting nowhere. All that energy, <laughs> they snapped the ball. I, I ran through that guy. Like, he had no, ch- he had no clue what was coming. All 260 pounds of me ran through him. 
and like my mom was like they all jumped on how loud the collision was <laughs> and from that point like I got to decide one of the team coaches I'm not gonna say what team but he's like oh yeah you definitely just punch your ticket. He's like, you you punch your ticket, and I'm, I'm and I'm even after that whole thing happened, I'm I'm sitting there thinking like, damn, I could have did this better. I could have fixed this. or did that. And I was like, you, my coach holder came. He's like, Lewis, you laid it down. And everybody kept saying, punch your ticket. But still, I had those like butterfly films. There's 300 people here. Like there's receivers, there's DBs, what case be. So we end up going, and they they call the first name Melvin Abanko. Uh, Melvin Abanko gets called up. That's the first person. He's a wide receiver, and he shut it down. I'll tell you that much. He was he was dope. Melvin Abanko gets called up first, and then after that, they call uh, Matt Rail, and there's one more person. And in my head, for I some, was so it, like, I it was weird. I'm like, yo, bro, they have it to was, call my guy. It, it was so weird because in that moment, I had a bit of doubt. In in that split second before they called my name, I had doubt. I said, damn, I really didn't make it. I'm not good enough. And it's crazy because. If you believe in the work that you put in, you shouldn't doubt. But because as humans, we have that little flaw. I doubt it. And then they said in the third person, the moment I heard look, that was it. I was, I, I lost my mind. <laughs> like, crazy on Instagram. My, mom, like my that, sister, that. they're happy. Like, you guys are jumping up and they're interviewing me. And I was like, wow. In three years, I did this. But like, that was just the beginning. Hmm. And I went to the combine and I did my thing. And then the draft happened. I felt like I punched my ticket because... After everybody seen me at the draft, the coaches and stuff, they started, um, I got started getting calls from a bunch of teams. And then guys that I was training were like, yo, they think you might go number two in the draft. Like, Ottawa has number two, and Ottawa kept calling me. They kept calling, like, hey, Mensa, da 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 da, and asking questions. And I'm like, yo, they're showing my interest. And my agent's like, yo, they might take you number two. And I'm like, oh, this is crazy. So Ottawa calls me, they're like, hey, Lewis, we wanna kind of wanna put you through a workout. And I didn't know this, but you, maybe someone correct me, but the CFL don't fly people out. And they're like, hey, Lewis, we want you here tomorrow. Can you fly out here? And I'm like, uh, like I think I called you. I'm like, yo, Ebon, I need to figure out how to get a flight. Like, I was, I was broke, guys. <laughs> like, I had no money. Like, Ebon was low-key supporting me. I'm like, yo, he's like, he's like, yeah, we can figure it out. Ended up flying out to Ottawa. And um, Ebon flew to Ottawa the next day. And I just did my thing on the field. They made me do some running back drills, some linebacker drills, and so on and so forth. So not everybody's like, oh, Lewis, you definitely going number two. It's, it's happening. So of course me, I'm like, yo, I want to celebrate this with all my close friends. So I call everybody, it's draft night. You know, I order pizza, drinks, all that stuff, and the draft is going. They call number one. Boom. Then it's like number two. They call number two. I'm like, whoa. So now it's going, then we're in second round. And they're calling everybody. And it's like, whoa. And I'm seeing my guys I train with, they're all getting picked up, signed. And I'm like, damn. And then it comes to the third round, and they're calling and calling. And it's and like everybody I train with, everybody got signed. I was the only one that was me or another guy sitting there. And I'm just like looking at my phone, like I'm getting really anxious. And the last person they call their name is not me. Yo, that broke me. <laughs> like, it really broke me. I was like, damn, I'm not good enough. So, sorry, I'm trying not to cry. Like, that, it broke me that day. So, um. My nigga, you got this. You got this. So, from there, I went down to the basement. I printed out every name that was drafted and I pasted on my wall and I'm like, yo, these guys are better than me. The next day I end up getting signed. I um, I go to the league, I get flown out, I work out, I, I do my thing and, I, and I'm shutting it down, I'm doing my thing out there. And my roommate, I'm not gonna say who my roommate was, just kind of like keep his name confidential. 
he was he he hated being there. He got drafted pretty high too. He hated being there. I'm like, bro, like why do you he's like I, I miss my wife, I miss my family, this is that and the third. I'm like, damn, like you have an opportunity people people are dreaming to have. You got an experience that someone like me was dreaming to have, celebrate with my family and friends at home getting getting signed, and you don't wanna be here? What the hell's the point? So from there, they, they start releasing people. So they come, they knock on the room door, and I open the door, and I, I see his general manager, and I'm like, I'm like, oh snap, all right, cool. So I turn to call the guy's name, but like, no, man, so they want you. And I'm like, damn, okay. So now I'm walking, my heart's beating. I sit down, and general manager's like, hey, how's it going, Mensa? Like, how's practice? And stuff? I'm like, yo, it's going good. Like, it's, it's getting easier, it's getting faster. It's funny, people be like, you know, the league is so much faster, but I think because I played in the US, it, it's still, the game still felt the same. So he asked me these questions, and then from there, he's like, yeah, we're gonna release you today. Yo, my, my whole world like shattered. I'm like, what? So I, within 45 minutes of him saying we're gonna release you, I was home, sitting in my couch. Like, I don't even remember the plane flight back home. I, I was in my couch, I called my little bro. And I'm like, he's like, yo, where are you? I'm like, I'm at home. And he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, they released me. My little bro played football too. And I'm like, yeah, they released me. Luckily enough, you know, someone's, uh, I, I didn't wanna be around nobody. People try to invite me out to go to like Wonderland and do this, and I literally shut everybody out. Cause I was just like, nah, this don't make sense. And then I ended up getting re-signed to Hamilton. I got signed to Hamilton, went to Hamilton, did my thing, you know, was there during the season. And then the injuries happened. And at the end of the, near the end of the season, they ended up releasing me and three other athletes. And I'm like, what is going on? I know I'm doing the work, what's happening? And then from there, you know, I'm within 45 minutes, I'm, I'm back home again, sitting on my veranda outside, just, just staring at space. And in that time period, I started partying a whole lot. Like Ebon was the guy that was going to parties. I started partying. It was my escape, like just just to get away. I was just partying, and then I ended up getting resigned. And we was like, "Yo, they're gonna sign." I said, "Oh, perfect." I was so happy. I called Bon, like, "Yo, let's celebrate." And we went out to celebrate at the club. I'm not gonna say the club's name, but we went out to celebrate at the club. And I'm a strong believer that life happens in split seconds. Everything that happens in our life, you know, it literally happens in split seconds. And yo, my whole life changed. <laughs> Whole life changed. Went to the, um, this club. Good night. 2.45 a.m. Boom, a fight breaks out. I had nothing to do with it. Shattered glass, ends up stabbing me in the eye. I'm standing, my body's in shock, trying to figure it out. I'm rubbing my eye like, damn, what's going on? I can't see. So from there, my bad. Um, from there, I get over to Ebon and I'm like, yo, I can't see. And he's like, he's like, what? So he ends up taking me over to the bar and I'm rubbing my eye, rubbing my eye. I'm thinking I'm crying because I'm dazed. And I look at my hand, it's full of blood. They rush me to the back. They pour water in my eye, the, the glass falls out. My vision chips back in. I rush over to um, the hospital. They stitch my eyelid. But then they realize that the, the gash is so deep. So they send me to St. Michael's Hospital going into St. Michael's Hospital, and they're telling me, like, yo, they're gonna have to do emergency surgery to save my vision. I'm like, all right. Like, I'm panicking, I never had surgery before, so I'm just like freaking out, I'm calling my parents, like, I have to tell my sister, and, you know, they end up putting me you on know, all the IV or whatever the case inside of me. I go into surgery, and they're like, it's gonna be like 30 minutes. I didn't know this, but I came out of surgery five hours later. When I like wake up, they're telling me like, 
um, I was a centimeter away from detaching my retina, meaning I would have been permanently blind. Mind you, I have a patch on my eye at this point, so I don't know what's going on. So, Ebon and them, like, I messaged Ebon and, and my friends to come, like, rescue me, like, yo, I need a ride home, figure it out. So, Ebon, and, and it's funny because Ebon's always been around, so he comes to the hospital at like three in the morning, him and two other people. And they're like, all right, let's leave. And then the nurse comes like, what are you guys doing? And like, oh, I'm like, oh, I'm leaving. I'm discharging myself. I'm leaving. They're like, no, 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 you can't leave. You have post off the next day. I'm like, all right, bet. So nice, even them end up leaving. I go to post op, and I have a patch of mine. So they bring a wheelchair. I sit in the wheelchair. They, they wheel me up to the room, and they put me in the chair. Doctor comes out, Dr. Louis Giovedoni. And um, he's like, okay, I'm going to take the post your eyes. I'm going to take the patch off your eyes. So he takes the patch off my eye, and... Uh, then it's on my right eye, it takes off my eye, it tells me, you know, keep my left eye closed and open my right eye. I open my right eye and it's pitch black. I have no vision. Like I'm blind. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my God, I'm about to throw up. So he tilts the chair back and kind of just like talks to me, calms me down. Um, like, I don't know, if, we don't know if vision's gonna come back. If it does, we don't know how well and so on and so forth. And they end up rolling me back to the room. They discharged me, but I sat in the room for four hours. Like, I, I didn't cry, bro, I wept. I'm like, everything that I, I, I worked for just came to a halt, like, I'm blind. Like, I'm blind, what am I gonna do? I went home, I took the transit home, that's the funny part, I put shades on, I took the transit home, and it just, it was one of the longest rides of my life, just trying to figure out what am I gonna do with my life now, right? Um, I get home and I'm just, I'm just confused. Like, I just don't know what to do. The worst part is like, I call my daughter and she's crying. Cause like, she's just like, you know, confused at my dad's eye. And like, you know, like I'm just, it was just, it was a lot. Um, but it was in that moment that when, you know, I just started praying. I just, I just started praying a whole lot. Started praying a whole lot. And I was, I was gonna ask you, what, what did you do to keep your belief system up? Because your story's still not over, and like even hearing some things that I never heard before, and even, even being there, it's like it's bringing memories of that time, and it's like I'm looking back right now, sitting here beside you, like damn, and like bro, you done been through. Yeah, a lot. Like, how do you still keep going? Honestly, like, I just told myself like this ain't it. This can't be it. Like my story can't end like this. Can't. A person can't go through this much stuff. And a person can't go through this much stuff. So I was just like, a person can't go through this much stuff. And this, this is it. Like this is this is where it ends. Like it don't make no sense. So I just, I just like, my mom's, a, she, my mom prays so much. Like she's a, a heavy prayer warrior. My dad prays, my dad wakes up every day at three in the morning to pray, my mom prays. My mom won't put food in her mouth without praying over it. So I said, they believe so much, let me believe, man. They left, the, they left Africa to come, they left Ghana to come to Canada and they made it work, four children. So I just, I just prayed, man, every day. Prayed, I said, God, like, like, I promise you, you give me my vision back. Like, I'm not going to take this for granted. Like, every day I pray. And you gave some some encouraging words as well, too, in the, in the live. Appreciate that. I want you to see it to make sure. So, from there, I um, I just prayed. And within, like, four months, my vision slowly started chipping in. Just started coming back. Even the doctor was surprised. Like, wow, like, your vision's coming back. And, bro, it just came back in. But even at that time, like, it was like, I can't go back and play. I was supposed to go back and play the following week. To go back play, but like, my, like I had no vision. 
So even though like my vision came back, I was so depressed. As I talk about mental health, like people don't understand what I was going through. I want to off myself. I was like, what? Why am I going through this? So I started going to the parties like a whole lot. And there was a girl I was talking at the time and I was ignoring her. I was like, it was just, I was just, I was going through it. And that's when you're like, yo, you can't just be going to parties with me and not doing nothing. Like, I know it's cool going to parties. I know you want to be around parties, but you can't just be going to parties without doing anything. It's like, yo, like, shoot, grab a camera. And that's why I picked up a camera. It's funny, I lost my vision, but I picked up a camera. And look what I'm doing now, right? And that kind of like gave me some like purpose again, like, all right, I can do this. And then from there, I started training again to get back into the league. And, you know, like, I started training at LPS, a gym, and, and a coach there. And it's just, there's always people that believe in me. I just didn't want to let them down. The class later at LPS Athletics, I went down to the gym, and he was like, yo, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a shot. I'm gonna, you know, and he gave me a shot to train at his gym, and he, just, he believed in me. He said, just, just be here, and, and I never let him down. Like, even me going to hospital appointments, after my hospital appointments, I'm going straight to work out. Like, people don't understand the journey. They just see us. They're like, yo, you guys are living the life. This ain't the life yet. We still live in the process. We still put in the steps to get to the life we want to get to. I'm not no superstar. I'm not no one special. I'm just a guy that never gave up. One of my friends see me say, yo, Lewis, damn, like, out of all of us, you're actually the only one that really made it. Like, you never gave up with the sports thing. Like, you just kept going. And I was like, yeah, bro, like, I have a problem with giving up. Like, I, it won't sit well in my soul to give up. So even now, this time and space that I'm in right now, it's like, everything I'm doing, I'm never going to give up. Until they close the casket, I'm not giving up. If God give me another day, I'm not gonna act like it's the last day. I'm not gonna act like, yo, you know what, I'm just gonna do whatever, nah. So it was just honestly from, I just don't give up. Like, I've been through too much, it's like I need to see what's on the other side. I, I have to. I've been in the, in the depths for too long, I've been in the showers for too long, I've experienced too much, and it's like, I need to get to that next level. But I know that it's gonna come within due time. Like, God doesn't allow you to experience all these type of things without giving you a reward for it. He's preparing you. God needs to break you down. I heard a sermon and, and the pastor was saying like, in order for God to feed so many people with three loaves of bed, he had to break it down. Mm. God needs to break you down so he can spread you out more. I know I'm gonna impact people's lives, 100%. And that's not, no doubt about it. Where and how, God gave me so many talents. It can be in any avenue. And then, honestly, that's, Kind of my story, like it's great. My bad, I mean, to cry. Nah, bro, no, it, 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 it hits me. Like I don't really talk about it, but something that like really bugs me because you, we at an age we look around and you see people have their houses, they have the cars, they're living the life, they have a great job, and so on and so forth. And you're like, yeah, am I lost or am I still in my process? And you have to understand that. I came to realize that I'm just still in my process. And that's just kind of where I'm at, like. And even you saying that, you know, our, our platform is built off of understanding self, purpose, passion, and finances. And, and I think this, like, there's going to be a lot of gems out of this about not giving up. And, you know, when you're at, when you fall, like, as long as you fall, you can get up. 100%. Right? Fall nine times, get up ten. And 
that pursuit of not never giving up and knowing that there's more for you. It start this platform. It's it's you versus you. That person you look at in the mirror. That's the person. I I, I go through this all the time. Like even earlier, just before this, Talisa, I was talking about it. This shit. This excuse my air, but this shit ain't easy. Like you know, people see. It's funny you talk about it. I, I like you know they like this weekend we're gonna be with LeBron. We're gonna be with Chris Brown. Little bit like all that stuff don't matter. We just trying to make it. Like we literally try to make, and we're still in the process. And stuff is happening that we don't control. And I, I truly believe that God gives his toughest battles to his strongest shoulders. So our stories, we still got work to do, but we're, 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 we're going to get there. We're going to make it to the top. I have one, one message for anybody like, you know, success or, you know, success is not absent of failure. Like, it's not opposite, right? You fail to get success, right? Jordan said it. He failed over and over and over and over again, and that's why he succeeds. A lot of people feel like, oh, I failed, okay, I'm gonna quit. Nah, just keep going. Whether that failure is your own failure or that failure comes from, you know, outside sources that cause you to fail, keep going. I got stabbed in the eye. I got hit by a bus. I got cut from pro teams. That didn't stop me. Don't let nothing that's going against you. Friction is good. That's what my coach says. Friction is good. Toughens you up. And my guy probably says this your story is inspiring me and that's what it's all about even if it's one person as long as somebody's and that's why it's so important for us to share our stories and experiences because there's somebody out there that needs to hear this that can help them go through whatever they're going through whatever trial and tribulation um, there's two more things before we get out of here I'm just going to say our affirmation out break it down and then I want to ask you if there's one thing you could tell your younger self what would it be um, our Affirmation is my passion and hard work add value to my business. I attribute my achievements to my ability to adapt to changing situations. I am fully invested in my business every single day and I find success with ease and grace in due time. So the question is, uh, what would I tell my younger self? Well, we'll do that after, but okay. break down what was your favorite part um, in that affirmation. And that first line one more time, please. My passion and hard work add value to my business. I think that would be it. Like, just my never-ending um, drive to be successful. My passion, I enjoy what I do. And that's it, you gotta enjoy what you do. If you don't, it's not gonna allow you to go anywhere. You only will take a step forward if you don't like what you're doing. That's what it, that's what it means. And, um, to tell my younger self, <laughs> don't, don't give up, young king. Don't give up, that's it. Ladies and gentlemen, there we have it. Yes, we're going to save this live. Um, we're going to, don't worry, we're going to save the live and put it up there. Um, let them know where they can find you on social media and if they're looking for you. And congratulations, you hit a 1,000 subscribers on your YouTube channel. Um, you got to give us some sauce and show us how to do that. So kudos to you. This is a stepping stone. But uh, you can find me on Instagram at Louis K. Mensa. Don't forget the K. Um, on YouTube, it's Million Dollar Mensa. Uh, and yeah, it's pretty much all platforms you should do escape mentor a million dollar man. So, so that's where you can find me. Appreciate you for coming in. I know it was uh, you did us a favor and, and came in clutch. I um, hope everything is well with Max as well too. Sure. But um, yeah, touching story. If you're just joining us, um, this will be available on YouTube and all streaming platforms. So we'll make sure we get the highlights to let people know uh, what was said during this interview. And, and thanks for speaking from the heart. 
And you know, like I said, somebody already said it, you, you inspired them and this life is inspiring you. So take that and know that you're doing God's work and there's more to come and he won't let you down. 100%. Thank you very much, brother. That wraps up Motivation Mondays, ladies and gentlemen. Um, if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, please make sure you do that. Um, if you're just joining us in, you can follow the page as well, too. Lewis K. Mensa, MC Ebone, Motivation Mondays. And we're signing out. Lewis, I love you.